Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Released just moments ago. We'll go over that in just a moment. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling. It's Wednesday, November 17th, 2021. We're brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry, Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best dentist in the world. Call him. Make an appointment. You'll thank me. I did it 28 years ago. I'm still thanking the person that told me to do it. 317-849-2933 is the number. All right. Remember to hit subscribe, like, ring the bell. All very, very nice of you. Thank you very much. The injury report for the Colts. Some oddness in it, but still reasons for optimism among it. All right. DeForest Buckner, out today from practice. Abdomen, throat, back. Hopefully it all heals simultaneously and he's good to go on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Eric Fisher got a back issue. TJ Carey, knee. Darius Leonard, ankle and hand. Daya Odangbo, the ankle. Braden Smith has still got the elbows. So all those guys missed. But all of those guys played last week and none had to be shut down during the game. So there's reason to suspect that all these guys are going to play on Sunday against the Bills. Xavier Rhodes, he was limited today. That's good news because it's all hands on deck. you got to win this game. So let's go. If you're ambulatory, you've got to get out on the field. Quentin Nelson practiced. He was full go today, and we heard from uh, Frank Reich earlier today that he was not going to practice. So that's a reason for optimism. Jack Doyle, EJ Speed, all full go as well. Now for the Bills, you've got uh, Beasley, Edmonds, and Jones. They missed today. Beasley with ribs. Edmonds uh, with a hamstring. Hopefully Edmonds doesn't play. Tremaine Edmonds is really, really good. Has been good against the Colts. We don't need him on the field unless. You know what? Take it easy this week. Save it for the home stretch, Edmonds. Let's go. Um because why not? Taiwan Jones, he's got an illness, limited Matt Milano, he's got a shoulder. Look, this, a, one good thing, we, I didn't know this until I listened to the Bills coaches uh, talk today, and, and their media availability. Carson Wentz has played against his team before in Buffalo and done it successfully with the Philadelphia Eagles in 2019. The Eagles and Carson Wentz 
beat the Bills 31-13. That was a game in late October. He was 17-24 for 172 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions. He was sacked three times. He had a passer rating of 104.9, which is right in the ballpark of what he has done this season for the Colts. He had eight runs for 35 yards. Third down conversions, eight of 15 uh, that game. You know what? You've got to be able to convert third downs against the Bills, and the Bills do an outstanding job of limiting that. Third down conversions are absolutely huge, as they were in the wild card game this past January when the Bills eliminated the Colts, beat them 27-24. Or 27-24. The Colts held the Bills to two of nine on third down. Now, sadly, there weren't a lot of third downs, especially in the second half. Colts did force that one punt late in the game that set them up with the football, had about 80 yards to go with two and a half minutes left, and Phillip Rivers couldn't get the job done. Here are two reasons for extreme optimism coming up this Sunday. Look, the Bills are what the Bills were, right? You got Stephon Diggs, you got Josh Allen, you got guys. You've, you've got a really stout defense, and it was a stout defense last year. What cost the Colts the game last January? Two things. Number one, Blankenship missed a chip shot. 33-yard field goal. If he makes that field goal, although it happened earlier in the game. So it's a little bit hard to say, look, it cost him the game. It wasn't like it was with three seconds left. And if he makes it, they go to overtime. Or if he makes it, they win the game. It changed the game. So who knows what would have happened. But those three points not going on the board did not work out well for the Colts. Nor did Frank Reich going for it on fourth and goal from the four. They had first and goal from the four, they picked up two. Second and goal from the two, they picked up one. Third and goal from the one, Jonathan Taylor gets met in the backfield, he loses three. They go for it on fourth down and they come up empty. You cannot come up empty against the Buffalo Bills. You can win this game by scoring three points of possession. So don't be afraid to do that. Last year in the wild card game, both those teams had nine genuine possessions each. Colts had the ball at the end of the first half, a bit, kind of a kneel down possession. That doesn't count. Both had nine bona fide real possessions. You score three points in each, an average of three, you come up with 27. I think 27 points wins this game on Sunday. You cannot come up empty. Even if you leave the Bills, look, we saw what happened with the Jets, right? Frank Reich did that against the Jets. The Jets punt, the Colts, they score anyway. That isn't going to happen against the Bills. If you give the Bills the ball on the four, as the Colts did, the Bills are going to move the ball. They may have to punt eventually, but they're going to move the ball and change field position. And that doesn't work. So that that dynamic completely changes in, in how the Colts need to attack this Sunday. You, get, you can get three, you take three. If you get seven, great. If you can turn them over, no turnovers last year in that wild card game. If you can turn the Bills over, you got a chance to beat them. You've got to create points where you can, but take the points when you can. Does that make sense? I think it makes sense. Kick the field goal when it's available, Otherwise, go block a punt like they did this past week. Zaire Franklin, a great play. E.J. Speed, a great play. Picking it up 
and running it into the end zone. A strip sack of Josh Allen would be really, really nice. Josh Allen, when he is sacked three or more times, the Bills are 0-3 this year. They're 6-3 on the season. That tells you something about getting to Josh Allen. But when you get to Josh Allen, when you try to get to him, you've got to keep your gap discipline. You can't let him leak out. Last, last January in that wild card game, what do you have? He had 50-plus yards running. He was the leading rusher for the Bills. You cannot allow that to happen. The Bills, in that wild card game, they had three three-and-outs in the first half. They had none in the second half. The one punt came after an eight-play drive where they tried to exhaust the clock, couldn't get it done. So this is going to be an interesting game. I can't wait to watch this. It's going to be fascinating. I, I don't think the Colts, I know it's Optimism Wednesday, but from a realistic perspective, out of hell with realism. What are we doing? We got Thursday and Friday for reality. All right? Look, reality what's, is what it is in the rearview mirror. What's ahead of us? We hope for the best. So let's hope for a win. The Colts, a seven and a half point dog. That seems like a big number. And the 50 seems like a big number too. That wild card game, the over under was 50 and a half and it hit 51. It's going to be tight on that number, but I think it falls a little bit short. I don't think they get to 50. I think it winds up being 23, 22, 2019, something like that. I think the defenses have a lot to say about what's going to happen in this game. Not a lot of punts, but there are going to be some sustained drives, so you're not going to have a, a bunch of, uh, of possessions. I think it's going to be fascinating, and we're going to see who the best coach is. Hopefully it's Frank Reich, but he has got to take the points where he can take the points. Shane, good afternoon to you. You ask about the Hoosiers. Let's talk about the Hoosiers. Charles, hi, how are you? Fireman Jeff says we got this. Well, we'll see on Sunday. I think we do. On Wednesdays, we look ahead to Sunday. There is no doubt that the Colts win this game, is there? All right, so, by the way, Rodrigo Blankenship still on IR. Michael Badgley is going to uh, continue to be the kicker for the, for the Colts. He's got a hell of a leg. He makes everything inside of 40, and then he gets really wobbly, but his long for his career is 59 yards. He's got a big stick, and that may come in handy late in this game on Sunday. I can have field goals are a strong go. Take the three. MIT, guys, three is better than nothing. I don't need to go to MIT to know three is better than nothing. All right, Indiana St. John's tonight at 9 o'clock. The coach of St. John's, Mike Anderson, you remember him from his, uh, uh, he's been around a long time. He's almost, he's going to be 62 next month. And that's one year short of Mike Woodson. So this guy has been around a long time. He coached at Arkansas. He coached at Missouri. He was the coach at UAB immediately prior to Mike Davis. So if you don't remember him from anything else, you'll remember him from that. Uh, they beat St. John's, did they beat Mississippi Valley State by 58, and they beat St. Peter's by 21. That ain't going to happen tonight down at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. This is the only road game that St. John's plays before they start Big East play in uh, late December. So uh, Indiana, a four-point favorite, according to Ken Palm. What I would like to see Indiana do tonight, all right, Miles Turner block fest against the Pistons. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to record it and watch it at my leisure at a later date. There's too much going on tonight. 
I'm watching Butler take on Michigan State. I'm watching Indiana. I'm watching Hard Knocks. I, I'm, I'm going to have to record Hard Knocks. I don't know what I'm going to do. With all that I've got to watch tonight, I'm sorry. The Pacers traveling to the Pistons doesn't even make something for me to talk about today on Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling. Um, I want to see Indiana right now from beyond the arc is shooting 25.5%. That ranks 288th in Division I basketball. That's not good. Parker Stewart has got to shoot it better. Miller Kopp has got to shoot it better. Those guys combined through two games, two of 12 shooting the three. Parker Stewart, by the way, two of eight. Miller Kopp, 0 for four. Indiana's got to be able to shoot the ball better. Now, St. John's has got to shoot it worse. They're, they're hitting it from everywhere. They shot it exceptionally well against Mississippi Valley State and against St. Peter's. I want to see more of Michael Durr. I know Michael Durr hadn't practiced a lot, hadn't played a lot, but when he was on the floor against Northern Illinois, I thought Indiana looked exceptionally functional. I thought he was terrific. He is a guy, and you saw it with Purdue and Wright State last night. They had no answer, nor do a lot of teams, for a guy like Zach Eady. All right? Michael Durr is one of those guys. St. John's doesn't have a whole lot of sign. you got Champagny, who's 6'8", and other than that, you got a couple of guys coming off the bench at 6'11 and 6'9 or 10. They're not a big team. They try to pressure the basketball a little bit, which is what Mike Anderson's teams do. Indiana, I think with, with Xavier Johnson and Rob Finnessy and the guards that Indiana's got, I think that they are going to be plenty good enough to be able to handle that pressure and then get it to the bigs down low. Trace Jackson Davis, the defending uh, or reigning, I guess, Big Ten Player of the Week. Let's hope they get him the ball quite a bit. And, and, and I think Indiana wins this game. Ken Palm says like 76-72. I don't think it's going to be that close. I think it's going to be about eight points. And interestingly, St. John's is exactly the same size. Uh, six foot, five inches, 0.7. Or six, six, five, point seven inches. When, uh, guys that they play. So that's kind of interesting. But I think that Indiana gets his thing done tonight against St. John's. And they sort of need to. You know, if they're going to go to the NCAA tournament, they need to bank wins. Ken Palm has them going 14-2 and two over the first 16 games. That includes a win tonight over St. John's. they got to do that. The Big Ten is going to be a war. You've got two games against Purdue. You play against Michigan. Michigan State's going to be tough. They play at Historic Hinkle Fieldhouse tonight. This is going to be an interesting year in the Big Ten, and Indiana is going to be an interesting part of that interest. I think Indiana is going to be good. I like the way Mike Woodson's coaching this team. I like him to sit a little bit. But at least when he stands, he's not pacing, he's not clapping, he's not going through any of the histrionics that sort of define the program over the last 13 seasons as Tom Crane and Archie Miller were the coaches. Uh, Butler, 3-0, up against Michigan State tonight. Uh, Butler's hitting 40.3% from beyond the arc. Opponents are only hitting 22.9%. I think that Michigan State's going to be a little bit better than that. Chuck Harris has been terrific. Bryce Enzi and Jair Bolden have been, those three have been awesome. I think it's going to be a great game tonight at Henkel as Tom Izzo visits. I can't remember Michigan State coming to Henkel other than this game. Um, one thing that's driving me a little bit nuts. I heard last night, 
that um, that Jordan Bohannon is going to become the all-time three-point scorer, the maker of three-point field goals in the history of Big Ten basketball. Of course he will be. This is his sixth season. Sixth. He's, this is six years. I hate this COVID year where guys can just come back. They get another year of eligibility, so why not play another year? It's going to distort all records for all conferences. It drives me crazy. What is, uh, what's Jordan Bohannon? Like 32 years old, for God's sake. He ought to be in business for himself at this point, planning his retirement, not playing college basketball. Brad Davison, kind of the same thing. Although Brad Davison is only entering his sixth or his fifth year, although he's played in all five years. He's played 131 games. Jordan Bohannon has played 146 college basketball games. Unless he gets hurt, he is going to eclipse 170 easily this year. But the most ridiculous is Jalen Coleman Lands. Jalen Coleman Lands went to school at Cathedral for a while, then he transferred to La Lumiere, kind of foreshadowing what he was going to do in college. And what he's done in college, he's played two years at Illinois. That's where he went first. Then three years at DePaul. One of those years, in fact, two of them were a redshirt year. One, because he's sitting out for the transfer. The second, because of injury. Third, he played. Last year, he played at Iowa State. This year, he's playing at Kansas. This is his seventh year on a college campus. He has gone full-on John Bluto Blutarski, for God's sake. And if you combine that with his two high schools, that's nine. Wait, no. How many? Six seasons over the course of 11 years of high school and college basketball. Jalen, what are you doing? I love Jalen. Jalen's a really nice kid. It's been, he graduated from high school in 2015. 2015. What are we doing? He was a teammate of Colin Hartman. That's like saying you were a teammate of, you know, Jordan Hulls, for God's sake. I Hartman played with Hulls one year. What are we doing with college athletics? And, and what are we doing with this COVID year? It's absolutely ridiculous. They're taking advantage of the NCAA's odd generosity. Look, bad things happen in life, and that's what they should have told these guys. Breakfast with Kent tomorrow morning, bright and early, 7 o'clock. I can't wait to talk to you then. Go Hoosiers. Go Bulldogs. Go Pacers, go everybody. And this weekend, a great weekend of semi-state football. Are you kidding me? Great time to be alive in central Indiana, baby. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.